Welcome everybody to the Mongols Preview Show Off-Season Edition. Uh, I'm Justin, with me this is Steve tonight, and have we got a show for you. Uh, we're giving Kevin, Mike, and Josh the night off tonight in anticipation of a long off-season. So, strap in. Here we go. Everything was just falling into place. Bunky Azil cuts inside. With this Ron Millard, he's oh. to Steven Dos Santos from James, and it's Mertz. Yes! yes. Oh, brilliant. Steve, uh, it's it's the off season, the USL off season. How are you? I'm good. Um, I mean, or I was, I think, good until you said in anticipation for a long off season. And I realized, yeah, it might be a lot longer than we hope again. Um, and that doesn't make me feel so good in the moment. Um, you know, I mean, hey, it, I'm fine. Um, it's it's Thanksgiving week, um, so some good food coming up this week. Uh, that's something to look forward to. It's still, you know, COVID America, so that's something to not look forward to, but... Hey, good as you can be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, same here, man. I, I'm, you know, uh, it's Thanksgiving week. I'm thankful for everything we got. And I'm thankful for, you know, uh, the blessings that we have and the blessings mm-hmm. that, you know, we've gained and, and gotten this year despite the hard times and, and all of that. But, um, yeah, obviously a weird, weird holiday season and all of that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, just, uh, just if you guys haven't heard the news and I think they talked about it last week, but, um, yeah, it looks like May, it might be a May 1st start date for the USL next year, beginning of May start date. So we, we might be in for a, a long haul of an off season, uh, in this COVID America (laughs) you just referenced. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see kind of what the off season brings. Have you have you filled your soccer void? Are you are you trying to fill your soccer void during this season? So, I had a very different perspective initially, uh, and I'll say you were much more aware of the impact of uh, uh, Peacock on what you can and can't watch, and it's really not great as a Chelsea fan. Um, so. I like this year in general. I've watched so little non-hound soccer. Like I think I watched maybe uh, 120 minutes of DC's season. I mean, not that there was much to watch this season. Um, I've watched a couple of uh, Premier League games when I was testing out Peacock. I mean, I, I did have one Saturday where it's like that's all I did. I just watched all the Premier League games that I could. But then I was like, I'm not able to watch most of the Chelsea games. That kind of stinks. Like, I'm like keeping up to date on social media, but actually watching, I no, like, um, I've not been. Um, I've I've been filling a lot of my free time that has not been occupied with uh, the Riverhound season, school, work, um, with playing uh, Borderlands Two with a couple buddies. We've just been doing that a lot. Yeah, so. Yeah. That, that's kind of what my my free time has been since uh you know i'm not out and about hanging out with people and yeah yeah play computer yeah, games for sure yeah i think i have i i kind of made it my goal towards the end of the riverhound season to find something on espn plus that i would enjoy watching and could jump into so initially i watched a lot of psv but it feels like a lot of their games have been on sunday lately which as working at a church does not bode well or go together all that well um so yeah i mean we have we generally you know laura ellen and i are like saturday routine is as soon as uh Raina wakes up in the morning you know we we throw soccer on the tv and it pretty much stays on the tv through about three o'clock in the afternoon uh not any one specific team just just enough just enough soccer to watch for sure mm-hmm. so um yeah so i guess let's jump in um Maybe, yeah, I don't know how to phrase this. One thing to be thankful for, uh, not thankful for what's happening, but two things to be thankful for is uh, what Robbie Mertz and Tommy Van Kazeel have brought to Pittsburgh. 
over the last couple years in Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, I'm not thankful for what's currently happening with them. If you guys don't know, both of them have sort of posted their goodbyes, their it's time to move on from our seasons in Pittsburgh uh, posts on Instagram. So we're taking that as an assumption that their contracts and they're not being re-signed and options are not being picked up. So that leaves us without Tommy V and Robbie Mertz for next season. Uh, just to kind of, you know, first of all, Robbie Mertz, I think we have to talk about as the Pittsburgh kid, uh, you know, the thing, yeah, hometown, all this kind of stuff. Over the last two years with the Hounds, uh, 42 matches played, 35 starts, 3,100 minutes, 11 goals, 8 assists. Um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously given a ton to this team over the past two seasons and will be missed in more ways than just what he brings on the field. Yeah, I, this one I this one hurts a lot, I think, just in terms of, um, I mean, you talked about some of his stats, right? Like, the other aspect that I think those stats don't show uh, for his on-field contributions is his ability to uh, just be so tenacious in defense. I mean, sure, there were times you saw... Uh, Robbie Mertz makes some reckless challenges, but those were coming about because he just never gave up and he chased everything down. Um, uh, but I think more than that, um, being from Pittsburgh, having gone through the Riverhounds Academy, uh, the connection and the dynamic that that brought uh, to the team, having not just uh, Robbie Mertz uh, here in Pittsburgh uh, as a part of the organization, but having his parents and grandparents constantly at the games and bringing people uh, and, and getting people interested and then people being able to see that and be like, oh, wow, this is a team that is not just here in Pittsburgh, but is a team that is a part of Pittsburgh and part of Pittsburgh is in this team. Uh, so I think, yeah, that's a big loss uh, off the field as well for me. Um, I mean, Robbie was just always such a nice guy, um, always pleasant to talk to, always friendly, um, I mean, sure, there's a lot of players that are like that, but when you lose those players, it just it just hurts, and it hurts a little more when it's it's somebody that has the connections to Pittsburgh that Robbie had. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's it's more than just the on the field play, and I mean the on the field play was huge, and but the off the field, you know, I, I think the off the field stuff is is even bigger. Um, you know, I, I hope this opens a door to the academy in a sense that that players begin to even if they do go off for four years to college um that there is an ability for them to come back and to contribute to this team on the field um to get to the first team and and all that kind of thing that that we're producing that high quality of a player um you know so i hope i hope that that's the case i hope we're i hope we're opening the door to players doing that whether that's in bob's tenure here past that um, that we're able to start, you know, making that pathway to the pros, as they, as they like to say around USL. Um, and so hopefully these players can come from, from RDA and begin to contribute in the first, first team. Obviously the other one, Tommy Van Kiesel, man. Um, I, I'm generally upset. I made, I made my first real non-clearance Riverhounds jersey purchase uh, about when the season ended of a Tommy Van Kiesel jersey. And now he leaves. Of course, right? Of course. Uh, so it's your fault. Yeah, yeah. Just to go, <laughs> just to talk about the stats. Uh, 80 matches played over three seasons. Out of those 80 matches played, he started 78 of them. Uh, 7,000 plus minutes uh, on the field. Five goals, two assists. Um and a ton of defensive work. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to pull up the blocks and the, and the clearances and the, uh, uh, everything that he would do on the field. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, actually I do have them here. Uh, 181 interceptions. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy what he was able to do, um, in three years here. And, Besides that, I mean, coming in as a rookie, um, playing, you know, almost every minute of that season, uh, I think leading the team in minutes that season, uh, plus then 
playing every minute of this past season um, and close to it in 2019 as well. I mean, obviously, that's that's been the steady back there is, as we've gone through Hugh Roberts and Joe Greenspan and Toby Adewale and some of these guys that you think are the are the mainstays back there. And actually, it's been Tommy who's been here all three seasons so um, of Bob's tenure. So, yeah, big loss for sure. You know, when you... Huh. When you say it that way, right? Like you see Adewole, Greenspan, and Roberts all leave, but Tommy stay, right? Like, like that's in really good company, right there. I mean, you're talking about uh, a Defender of the Year uh, uh, previous season before this one. Um, you're talking about a guy that had didn't have the ability to start in Pittsburgh because he was getting pushed out by Greenspan and Adewole and goes to Charlotte and has become a massive part of their success uh, in the past couple of years in, in Hugh Roberts, right? I mean, and just, I mean, aside the quality of Hugh Roberts as a human being. Um, uh, but then you throw Tommy V in there, and I mean, Van Kaisel, I mean, he's just been so instrumental to everything we've seen under the Bob Lilly era. Um, and I said it in uh, one of our two postseason roundup uh, shows that... Uh, I talked a lot about the consistency uh, as the next big step for the Riverhounds, um, and Tommy V being the one player that, for me, if we lose, that that is the like the biggest hurt because he's just been one of the most consistent and best players we've seen in his position uh, over the past three years. And, and I'll say this: I mean, uh, you have down there. Uh, favorite moment for one or both of these guys and I'll actually I'll actually look at that completely differently one one of the worst moments was Tommy V getting a red card two seasons ago and realizing just the meaning of not having him on the field because of that right like like so yeah not a favorite moment but a very memorable moment because you saw it the next game like the defense was just not the same without him there and and the lack of Tommy V uh makes the presence of Tommy be more memorable. Yeah, I mean, we lost that game that he got the red card in 5 nothing. Like, and, and that just shows, like, this team was prepped for him to be on the field, was prepped to for him to take up as much space on the field as he did. That's the thing I don't think that a lot of people, casual casual soccer fans, like, I think I, as, even as a casual fan, it's easy to see what Tommy V does on the field and the talent that he has. But when you start looking at the tactics of soccer, like when you start looking at soccer tactics and look at the amount of space and, and field that Tommy V takes up, I mean, it's huge. It's, it's, you, you can, you know, this is, Tommy V being back there is what allows Ryan James and Jordan Dover to bomb up the wings. Tommy V being back there is like why we don't have to have necessarily a defensive midfielder a pure ball winning defensive midfielder on the field all the time. It's, you know, this is the reason why we're able to do what we do as a team or be able to have done what we did as a team for the past two years, three years. And so I think it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill that spot. And I think it might take a couple of moves or a couple of tactical changes to kind of replace <laughs> um, him. But, yeah, I mean, it just shows how kind of big he was on the field and, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I, I, yeah, I think back to that moment a ton when he got that red card in North, in, in North Carolina. And, you know, we lose that game 5 nothing and then struggle in the next game. And I think it just shows how, how big of an asset mm-hmm. Tommy V is to this team. So I'm going to con- contradict a couple things that, like, I actually truly believe um, uh, <laughs> by saying this. Um, I, I, both Robbie Martz and... and Tommy V are are irreplaceable players. Yes. Um, I I do not think that Bob Lilly can go out and find players to replace those guys. Right. Correct. Uh, I will give Bob Lilly credit though that I think what we've seen over the past few years is when he has had players go, he's found a way to find players to bring in and adjust so that the loss of those players is not as pronounced. So I think that's what we'll see. We're not going to see a guy that steps into Tommy V's role. We're not going to see a guy that steps into Robbie Mertz's role, right? Like, But we might, hopefully, this is my hope at least, see players come in and see a 
change in the way that the team approaches things to compensate for that lack. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt to see these guys. No, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously, I think the struggle with the struggle with USL, right, is I think in in most markets in USL, um, I think there's exceptions to this, but most markets in USL, you have greater access to the players than you ever would in any other league, you know. And I think that that's that's the reality. That like when you look at MLS and then you obviously look overseas you're not going to have access to players. Yes, you like players, but you like them for who they are on the field and what they do for the team on the field. I think the difference with the access that we have in Pittsburgh and being able to go on the field after the games and being able to go to the season ticket holder events and the Steel Army events and um, that players will jump on these podcasts and jump on interviews and, and, and give us kind of access to their lives a little bit um, yeah, I think that makes it harder to lose any player. And right. but when you yep. lose two players who are as as vital on the field as these guys have been, it makes it harder, even harder to lose mm-hmm. lose them. But I think you're right. You know, I, these guys are not replaceable players. It's not like you're going to go plug and play a Tommy V for somebody else. I do think, but Bob has this. Bob does have this ability to. Um, and, and when you think about the roster that he put together last year and who whose options might be picked up and, and things like that, um, you know, you think about this, the second year in Pittsburgh and kind of what certain players have done, even their second years in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I, I'm de- defensive-wise, you're looking at guys like Skylar Thomas, who is going to take a second year in Bob's kind of, probably is going to take a second year in Bob's system and was it was and was good this year i think danny griffin in the midfield is another player that you assume the option is going to be picked up and mm-hmm. you know he obviously grew a ton this year and, and was able to take strides within this year and i think given another year in the system could be really good um mm-hmm. and so neither of those players is exactly like tommy v or exactly like robbie mertz but um, I think given given another year and another year of experience for those guys, um, they're going to be able to broaden their game and probably be better than they were this past mm-hmm. past season. We can talk about a little bit about the impact of that, and I want to kind of tie this in with another team. Um, obviously, this team is not going to be a surprise that we're tying into, um, but... <laughs> Louisville City, um, in <laughs> we talk about consistency, we talk about the Hounds not having it, we talk about Louisville City having it, all this kind of stuff. Uh, first of all, before we get to any sort of roster, uh, they announced a new crest this past week. Uh, any thoughts on said crest? Um, I, it's it's not. There's nothing wrong with it. Um. It is not a catastrophe like the uh, the attempt a year ago was, right? Yes. Like, I, I, it just it to me it's very generic, and the only thing that ties it to Louisville is uh, the Florida Lee. Yeah, and the only reason it now ties it solely to Louis to Louisville is because St. Louis is no longer yeah. in the USL championship. And so the other Florida Lee team is gone and that like, right. So like they, they lose some of the identity, right? right? Like not that the, the gold city skyline was spectacular. Um, it, I mean, honestly, it was kind of like generic as well, right? Like, Oh, yeah. let's put our city skyline on it. Right. But some of the details, including having the, uh, the staves of the barrel yeah. um taking that out was kind of eh. I, I i will say i mean what, one of the things that really cracked me up was uh somebody uh posted on reddit i mean like the worst of the worst recoloring of the st louis logo with uh purple and gold and like hey look louisville's new crest and i just lost it because it was great and i was like it could pass as that right and, yeah. and the same thing with this yeah this could pass as a as a St. Louis logo for all you know, right? Like there's yeah. nothing about it that says St. Louis yeah. or Louisville, right? I think, like, yeah, see, yeah. even there, I can't even say the right city. Because no, it, no, it, I, would, I would agree with you completely. I, the losing the, the barrel and, and, and that sort of thing, I think is, is unfortunate. I mean, I, I don't think that this is one of Matt Wolf's better uh, rebrandings. You know, I think Charleston was probably up there as far as his, his rebrandings and his work that he's done. But I do think, you know, I mean, it's purple. 
that that's obviously a Louisville color and and will continue to be um, now on both the men's and women's sides. Mm-hmm. So I I don't I don't mind it. I I don't think it's I, what it's not going to do is it's not going to create the hatred that the other one did where they backed off of it really before before the season even started um or like uh what happened in chicago where they're backing off of it two two years after uh their rebranding went into effect so i just it's not going to create that but it it, it could have been i think it could have been better but it's not it's not the worst i mean i'll say this you know it's to me i I am more okay with this than if we look at another recent rebrand. Um, I, I am sorely disappointed in uh, the Houston Dynamos rebrand. I don't know if you've seen that, but it looks much more like a baseball logo with an intertwined HD. And sure, it looks nice on a cap compared to their old one, but again, it's one of those generic corporate lack yeah, yeah. of identity like this is and i just you know what i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it live on air people can quote me on this i hope that the new england revolution never changed their really really expletive logo because you know what it's original and it's unique and it is it is them right like everybody is losing their identity they're gonna they're gonna change it it's they're gonna change it um (laughs) the crayola crayon flag is i would i would agree with you i don't think the dynamo was the best logo the best rebrand i i think it's better than what they had I'll, i'll say that um but it um yeah the dash logo was way better Mm-hmm. Like whoever did that rebrand uh, I, I, did I way better like, with the dash. Yeah, I they feel like the, they were like, the "Hey, dynamo. look, we've got this awesome concept for the dash. Well, we've got to go with it. And we've got to keep it consistent. So let's do the dynamo. Yeah, yeah, right. With the same style, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I, it looks like an afterthought. For sure. Um, mostly because the dash logo includes that light blue color that they use for some reason, mm-hmm. and I just think that that like really stands out with the orange. Um, but with the dynamo basically just using orange and black, it doesn't it doesn't really stand out. It's a great Halloween departmental store logo. <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay, well, I didn't want to like spend a ton of time talking about the crest, but yeah, I mean it's it's cool. We got a rebrand, whatever. Um, I what I wanted to talk about was this. Uh, they uh, Louisville has already announced, maybe even like ten days ago, um, their list of options and contracts and all this kind of stuff and then since then they've announced two other signings so um 10 days ago or so they kind of announced two sticking around um as far as people under contract already for 2021 uh, midfielder team captain paolo de piccolo forward corbin bone who they signed this season and then defender jonathan gomez were all already under contract for next year um and then they picked up options on oscar jimenez alex Suehi, I forget how you say his last name, uh, midfielder Napo Matsoso, and goalkeeper Chris Hubbard. And then before the season ended, they also um, signed Brian Ownby to a new contract. And then in recent days, paperwork was also finished to keep Antoine Hopeno, Abdu TM, Pat McMahon, and Wes Charpy all in purple and gray now, I guess, because I don't know if they're going to wear gold anymore. Um, and then since then, they've re-signed Sean Toch and Cameron Lancaster. So basically, they just re-signed their whole team and uh, did it before anybody else did anything. Those, what, 14 players you just named? Yes. Um, whereas if we look at, um, and uh, I'm going to say thank you to Shoes um, for the wonderful spreadsheet that he has for the Steel Army, but one, two, three, four, five. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen players who have options uh, that the Hounds could pick up options are. We know Bob Lilly's not going to pick up the options on all of them. There are three goalkeepers on there. He's not going to pick up options on three different goalkeepers. Uh, there are a few players that barely featured on there. He's not going to pick up some of those, right? Like, um, uh, and there are some notable players besides the ones we've already discussed that are not on that list. Um, if you tell me that Bob Lilly is going to pick up the majority of those options, and by majority I mean if he's going to pick up 10 or 12 of those options, I'm going to be stunned. Because even if he does, 
those are not all starters. No. Um, so again, we're seeing a big difference in the quality of consistency that Louisville is uh, determined to bring back. Um, and maybe, I mean, we've had this discussion in our, our Slack channel a little bit, um, uh, and you've made some really good points about maybe this is able to bring back, right? Like maybe this is a resource difference between a place like Louisville and a place like Pittsburgh. I don't know, right? Like I don't see the financials on the back end. Um, Louisville obviously has the money to do a lot of things. Um, I think the Hounds have enough money to at least stay consistent and keep competitiveness, but but maybe we are at different levels. I don't know. I don't know how to evaluate that. Is that Bob Lilly? Is that ownership? Is that any number of things? Um, yeah, I mean... I, I just look at this and consistency is going to be a big thing that Louisville's going to have, and I'm still asking the question if the Hounds are going to have it next year, just like I did a month and a half ago. For sure. I mean, I think... So this brings it around to just, like, kind of the impact on the Hounds of, of Mertz and, and Tommy V and kind of what Louisville's doing. So... They seem the two teams seem to obviously go about their success different ways, and I think Louisville has had more success. Obviously, they've been in the Eastern Conference Final almost every year since their existence. They have, um, you know, when you talk about even John Hackworth being, you know, former national team, former MLS coach, um, all this kind of stuff. Um, they also just every year seem to hang on a, to a core group of players and just kind of insert a few names each year and and like generally when they insert a few names like they're notable names like mm-hmm. last year they were like okay who can we bring in and they brought in Antoine Hopano you know it's like mm-hmm. oh former MLS Antoine Hopano in now in Louisville and I think that that's like the crazy thing is they, they it's not like they're just bringing in like a ton of you know and they and they do they bring in some young guys every year but like they they're not bringing in a ton of guys to start they're bringing in a couple guys to kind of make differences off the bench and if they develop into a starter down the road like they lost Cameron Lancaster for a year you know like this kind of thing it's like okay great we have this like thing so and then Pittsburgh seems to kind of do it the other way where uh, Bob Pittsburgh seems to find like kind of diamonds in the rough people you would expect to have great success but they seem you know he seems to always be able to put a team that works together who who kind of creates success every year and so i think we've discussed that we've we've discussed this on our slack like quite a bit this week and and whether it's finances or whatever i don't know i i just think that this also leads into a bigger discussion of usl and what usl is trying to do as a league and it feels like a lot of teams do this thing, same thing that Pittsburgh does most times. They sign players on a one-year deal with a one-year club option. So it's it's not a long-term contract, but it's a, it's a short contract. I think Louisville's kind of the exception to that. There's There's been some other teams, Phoenix, who will sign longer-term deals. Like Louisville just announced that they signed Lancaster to this long-term, multi-year deal. But... I think, like, I'd be interested in hearing just even your thoughts on kind of, like, the long-term contracts versus kind of short-term contracts. And by long-term, I don't mean 10 years. I mean four years um, mm-hmm. versus a year plus. And then I, I that got me thinking just about, like, say Tommy V and Robbie Mertz end up on MLS rosters this year. Like, we basically just let them walk for free out of contract. And they got to a bigger club. Now, what would be the difference? Now, like my feeling on that is like, what would be the difference if a team like Pittsburgh would sign these guys? Like if they had signed Robbie Mertz, you know, beginning of this season after, after he impressed last season, instead of picking up an option, they signed him to a four year deal where like if a USL team or an MLS team wants him, they're going to have to go and get him by paying potentially a transfer fee. And so I did some digging, and I was like, so what are the last few players that were sold out of USL? And honestly, there's not many. So Stanley Okumu from Real Monarchs got told to sold to a team in Sweden, I believe. Uh, Phoenix Rising sold Adam Jean to Atlanta. And Orange County sold a goalkeeper in 2012. Were the last three, like, transfer fee paid transfers. And I was just like, why? Because that's not that's not how like the teams that are stuck in the championship in England, who probably won't ever get to the top three where they're gonna get to the Premier League, they're just kind of stuck, they kinda of hit their 
The way they continue to make money is they continue to produce players who then Chelsea or Tottenham or any of these other teams who are consistently in the Premier League come along and buy. And then they they have this new chunk of money to reinvest in their economy or players who are coming out from the lower leagues and, and all this kind of stuff. That's how they make money. So I'm just like wondering why the USL, it just got me wondering like why the USL doesn't do more of this. Is it because MLS doesn't value these players? Is it because they aren't, the USL isn't business savvy enough to figure out this is how you do it? <laughs> or why why are we not producing more players that are being sold for a transfer fee to make a profit for the teams that are selling them? I think the answer to that is actually really simple to like address. Yeah. Um, and that is MLS roster uh, financial rules. Sure. Um, right? Like, like That's the reason that it doesn't happen more. Um, uh, I would recommend if anybody wants to, uh, episode 137 of uh, the Scuffed podcast has uh, uh, Tutul Raman on, and he discusses this at length, and it's a really good listen uh, to understand why it doesn't happen very often. Um, but the short of that is, his take is that um, to take a top player from USL is way more expensive than finding a player that can probably do the same job uh, for an MLS team because they might have to pay that player a lot more than they could a young guy that has a lot of similar talents um, but is unproven uh, through an academy system. Um, uh, I, I think, so yeah, if if both Robbie Mertz and Tommy Van Kaisel are playing for MLS teams this spring, um, I think that is a direct result, uh, not of their... I mean, obviously their talent is what gets them there, right? right but sure. if they were on longer contracts with the Hounds, they would not have gotten that opportunity, I don't think. I don't think that an MLS team is going to go out and buy a USL player that is yet to be proven at the MLS level for the cost that it would take um, when they can find someone that they can take a bet on that may turn out just as good, if not better, Um yeah, yeah. That doesn't cost them anything. I For think sure. that's the reality of it. That if they are there, it's a direct result of them being out of contract. So if they're on contract, I'm not convinced that we would have been able to sell them to an MLS team if they end up at an MLS level, right? Um, so I think what we're going to see, um, and, and there's been some potential rumors that this might be the case, that a player like Robbie Mertz might end up at a team that has a connection to or future jumping up to MLS where uh, he's not necessarily going to MLS right away, but has the pathway to MLS that he doesn't have in an independent team in Pittsburgh. So whether that's a place like, uh, what is it, Sacramento, what, they're two years out from MLS? Mm -hmm. Maybe he ends up in Sacramento where he has the opportunity to join their MLS roster. Or maybe he ends up at a two-team, um, makes a difference, gets the contract, right? Like, you look at what? Uh, so I wasn't tracking the Hounds super closely at this point, but when... Uh, Rob Vincent uh, went to D.C. He went on a free, didn't he, at the end of the season? Yep. Right? So that's a big difference than if D.C. had said, hey, this guy was the best player against us in that Open Cup match at Highmark. Uh, let's take a look at him. But they saw it was going to cost them a bit of money. They might not have taken the risk. Yeah, yeah. But no, they did I take mean, the risk on a free. Yeah, I, I get that. I think I think to that, to that point, it just shows me that disparity that still exists between mm -hmm. usl and mls and i think yep. not that like 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 premier league teams are not super concerned or uh super wary of like taking a flyer on a on a championship player like it's like you know you see it all the time tottenham chelsea mm -hmm. united all these teams They'll go out and, and buy, you know, uh, and, and the, the stories are endless. They'll, they'll go out and buy a Jamie Vardy from a lower division side, bring them up, and, and now Jamie Vardy has, you know, done what he's done at, at Leicester. You know, and I think, um, you know, or, or the other way they'll do it is they'll they'll buy these players really early and then loan them out 12 times and then they'll bring them back, um, mm -hmm. you know, and all this kind of stuff. But I think it's just really interesting to me that... Um, you know, it's it's almost like it, there's kind of two problems, right? You, MLS doesn't value USL talent, or they're relying on their own two team to to produce it. Um, one or two, 
and and like kind of the second problem there is like the USL doesn't seem to value their own players enough to like sign them to long-term contracts and then wait for the right deal to come along even if that isn't in the US you know and I think that Mm -hmm. that that's what's interesting to me so I think that both of those things could be true what I think that it also proved to me is like a lot of these guys that are signing long-term contracts at at um Louisville are also players who are who they kind of understand or know that the ceiling of their talent is the USL you know like Mm -hmm. it's like they know they have this understanding that like this is probably as high as I'm gonna get um so yes they want the money and they want to be paid for their play but they also aren't gonna bolt in a year for a, a a MLS trial knowing that if they don't make the MLS team they can always just drop back to to usl so um i think that that's it's kind of like two different there's kind of a couple different problems and a couple different things that could be addressed there um and none of them can be addressed in isolation right you can't just usl teams can't just start paying their players and hope that mls teams come along and buy them mls teams also have to come improve and usl players as they jump up to mls have to start being more like mark anthony k and like Mm-hmm. actually produce at the MLS level. Um, and it can't be like Rob Vincent where, you know, you buy him and then he doesn't really produce. And then, well, and I don't even think Rob Vincent is the best example of that because right. we don't know if he could have produced without, he the was forced to retire with injuries. I think Dane Kelly is a much better yeah. example. There you go. Another guy that I know having got signed by DC after having some stellar division two, uh, Stats, right? Like, I mean, he looked really good a few years ago. DC signed him, and he did nothing. Two years later, he's, again, one of the best goal scorers back in USL, right. down in Charlotte, right? Like, he's looked really good this past season. Yep. Um, so I think that's that's the difference in talent that you see. He wasn't getting featured at the MLS on a team that was struggling. Right, right. And he's so, a top scorer two years later. I, right. I'll also address, I mean, sure, we can look at a model overseas for where we want to get to but i think the usl just i mean it's such a different economy of scale when you're talking about uh the premier league versus the mls right like i mean i i think of as a chelsea fan i think of a player like marco van ginkel who uh he appeared twice for chelsea what seven years ago or whatever it was He's been on loan ever since then, right? Like, like, you don't see MLS teams being able to have the ability to loan out their players year after year after year after year for seven plus seasons, and that be a viable strategy. Yeah, it just for doesn't sure. work. Um, if an MLS team is loaning out their players, right? Like, look, let's look very local. Let's look at uh, uh, oh, Ben Lund, Lund, Lundgren, Lund, yeah. Lund, yeah, yeah, whatever Lundgard, his name was, yeah. uh, Lungard, Lungard. That's it, right? Like, we. He, we had him on loan for a little bit from Columbus, about half a season. Um, he played a couple games, right? Like, they weren't loaning him to make a profit. They were loaning him to get time to see if he could be their next keeper. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the difference between what MLS is looking for out of contracts, right? They need you to make an immediate impact, or they need to be able to loan you so you can develop so that you can make an impact very quickly. It's not worth the money. A USL team is not going to pay an MLS team the money to keep a player under contract year after year and the abroad market for mls players on loan is not very big no no and i i don't think like mls should be necessarily buying you know and and that's the thing premier league premier league teams are buying these players at 19 and then they're Mm -hmm. loaning them out for six seasons bringing them back when they're 25 and in kind of the prime of their soccer career right and, 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 yeah, MLS can't afford to do that because MLS is still a selling league, you know, and that's the thing. So mm-hmm. I think I think I would just like yeah, – I mean, I think Mark Anthony K is just a real example. I, I would like to see players start to do what he's doing it, it, from a USL perspective, that they come, mm-hmm. they have a year or two of success in USL, and then they get sold to – or not even get sold, they, they jump up to a, an MLS team and make a difference. And I think for – I think that's what – USL players need to start doing on a regular basis. And if that starts to happen on a regular basis and not the, the flame outs, like, you know, Cameron Lancaster, Dane Kelly, you know, those kind of flame outs, uh, if, if those aren't happening as much, then I think mm-hmm. MLS will start to value USL talent, even if it doesn't come from their two team or their Academy or their, you know, whatever. 
so yeah, just some interesting thoughts. I don't, you know, I don't know that we sitting here uh, the week before Thanksgiving in 2020 can like solve solve that issue. Uh, but it's just interesting things to think about. I would like to see the the hounds. I think just kind of wrapping this up. I would like to see the hounds like maybe find a few more of those players who are on the last. You know, like they kind of understand that USL is their ceiling and then you know they kind of make a home in pittsburgh and like stay here for a little bit so i don't know what the reason that isn't happening more often but i would kind of like to see that happen yeah i i've got one more thing since yes. i mean i don't know maybe maybe we're half a or at a third of a louisville city podcast at this point because you and i talk about them a lot <laughs> it sucks to have to talk about them so much but uh let's talk about some some players that are associated with them and connections to mls right like so let's look at cameron lancaster versus the other player that uh nashville mls signed yep uh uh daniel rios uh, yep. cameron lancaster is three years older than daniel rios yep and if you're going to honestly tell me that Cameron Lancaster couldn't have had the same impact that Daniel Rios has had in MLS this season, I, I find that really hard to believe. I think they are still both very similar players. But if you're a Nashville MLS club and you've got a guy that uh, is 28 versus a guy that is 25 at the end of this season, right? Like, like which one are you going to take yeah, yeah, for sure. uh, the bet on? So I think that's that's part of it, right? Like, like yeah. Uh, you look at uh, Dane Kelly, you look at Cameron Lancaster, uh, they're players that are not at the beginning of their career about to hit their peak. They're players that are at their peak. Daniel yeah. Rios has the ability to be the better player yep. over Cameron Lancaster at this point because he's got more time to develop. And and I think that's, like, if you're going to see players go from USL to MLS, they have to be in that 20 to 24 range when they make that move. Otherwise, they're just getting to a point where it's like, yeah, I don't think an MLS team is going to take that that risk. They want the young players, not not the ones that are getting towards halfway through their career or more. Agreed. Yeah, and I, that happens all over MLS all the time, regardless of USL. You know, I think. Yep. You know, I mean, New York Red Bulls did it with Bradley Wright Phillips. Bradley Wright Phillips could still play, and they just said, yeah. "Well, we got younger guys who we are going to take a bet on," and I mean, it didn't work out for Robles them. Robles so. as well, right? Yeah, you saw exactly. Robles go south and and still maintain his ability to play goalkeeper. Exactly. So, yeah, just interesting to thought. Let us know what you think about that. A uh, couple other things just to wrap up, and, and I, I don't, you know, we, we're trying to do shorter episodes over the course of the offseason. We're not doing a great job at that, but, you know, <laughs> I'm going to not blame just us on that because Josh, Mike, and Kev are having that same issue, are we now? Um, other Hounds news, just uh, I'll throw this out there because press releases came out about it, but Hounds were able to deliver um, meals to about 100 families near Keys Rocks uh, this past Saturday, I believe. Um, Bob, Lily, Dan Visser were both involved with that. So cool kind of outreach opportunity they have, I think, partnered with AHN as well. Um, to Which make makes sure me think that they will both be back. Yes, I think they'll be back. I'm not sure that those guys are going anywhere. Um, Dan Visser might be there. I'm, I'm honestly actually surprised that Dan Visser has stayed as long as he has, being that he wasn't a Bob guy, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But he seems to have found his rhythm with Bob, and, and Bob has kept him around. Right. Um, your University of Pittsburgh men's team uh, actually went 7-1 and one on this uh, kind of shortened season, um, but were able to weave their way through the ACC championship tournament uh, to the final with Clemson uh, just yesterday, Sunday, uh, and lost 2-1. to one. Uh, I'm assuming that that will also mean an appearance in the NCAA tournament that has been postponed until the spring, um, but I would assume that the Pitt men will be involved in that tournament. So um, Vinovich over at Pitt has been doing a really good job of kind of um, making that men's team grow and... Um, yeah, uh, ending ending the ACC tournament with a loss, but ranked number one in the nation. Um, so love to see that. Um, and then just some local high school team news as well. Just want to shout out a couple teams. I don't know if anybody from these teams will actually hear this, but, but I thought I'd, I'd just shout it out anyway. Uh, the Mars girls and boys uh, both were able to uh, get through with the uh, AAA uh, soccer titles 
this past weekend. And then Seneca Valley was able to go on to win the Quad A boys title as well. So good job, teams, on doing that. Um, it was interesting looking over those stats. Uh, I, I can't name them all, but um, every every title game had a... I think every title game but one out of the, uh, the four classifications, girls and boys sides, I think every title game had a uh, District 7 WPIL uh, uh, representative in those title games. Uh, and so good success from from this side does of the that, state does that mean that some of uh former river hounds academy players might be making a difference yeah i think so i think that I, might be with that signals I, hey I, you know that's what that shows <laughs> um yeah no no for sure um yeah i mean even the mars girls team i think two of those girls are making the jump to pit next season um so good good stuff there i mean i think continually we're we're watching um you know, I, I think Pennsylvania has always been a hotspot for soccer and soccer talent and all of that. So um, it's good to see success. Um, you know, you talk about Christian Pulisic and, uh, you know, what's happening on the east side of the state at times. But um, but the west side of the state's pretty good, too, <laughs> producing some good soccer. So good stuff over here as well. Steve, any uh, closing thoughts as we wrap up here? Yeah. Uh because I don't think I'll watch much soccer. I'm, I'm just going to say, I think it's going to be a long December. <laughs> it will be a long December. I think, I, I think you're right about that. Um, hopefully we'll get some team news over the pa- over the next couple of weeks. I don't know when that, uh, kind of option picking up and dropping, um, will officially be announced, but hopefully we'll get some team news over the next couple of weeks and be able to talk about, those things, but like we said at the top, yeah, strap um, in for a long off season. Yeah, and I, I do want to say one other thing. Um, uh, last week, uh, with some of our Patreon followers, uh, maybe drop the S. Um, we played some uh, Among Us. Um, my first time ever playing. I just want to say, hey, you know that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to encourage everyone that's listening, go jump on Patreon pay the dollar a month i mean it is it is twelve dollars a year to support the show go do it because we do fun stuff like that and you know i really went into that having a very low expectation for my enjoyment level um and and had a blast honestly um uh but yeah i mean things like our masks uh last uh last season uh we did the mongols uh jerseys with uh icarus fc uh supporting uh community health services is that what it is chs mm-hmm. yep yeah chs um uh, those are the types of things we do uh mike usually gives the spiel um mike is great at giving this uh this rundown but as someone that is not involved in necessarily like the front end of that i can say as a supporter myself um it's a lot of fun to to see the fruits of what happens uh by being a supporter um so i'd really recommend if you have not go join our Patreon. Um, we're not going to do an after show today, but uh, a lot of times we do after shows. They're a lot of fun and you get uh, access to exclusive uh, merch and events. So, yeah. yeah I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that as well because it was going to be in the spiel anyway. I mean, I think, yeah, go over to Patreon, support the show. Listen, we, we don't keep any of the money. Like, we all do this for free and enjoy doing it. I mean, it's it's not something that we're like, paying ourselves um even our sponsorship money from roughneck and and icarus and whatever we get from beautiful game network and their and their sponsorships like we don't we are not uh taking that and and running with it we are investing that back into the show along with the patreon money and so generally as a patreon follower like you're gonna get something from us every year uh socks masks uh you know you're gonna jerseys you're gonna get something from us um, because we just love that you guys listen and take the time to enjoy the show every week and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then I think because yeah, we're going to have a long off season. So we're going to do some more, uh, we'll probably do some more among us games. Cause yes, that was a blast last week. It was so fun. Um, and so if you, if you want to jump in, yeah, it's the base levels, a dollar a month. Um, and then we take that and, and invest it right back into our listeners and give it back to you. So um, it's not something we take and keep and like, oh, cool. I'm getting my, uh, I'm getting my beer money this month from doing this show. 
um it's not that it's it's we reinvest it right back into you guys so enjoy enjoy that and and jump on patreon to get yeah and then you get a exclusive 20 to 30 minute episode every every week so um yeah you want to jump on and enjoy that so uh other things to talk about and and just in wrap up like we're sponsored by roughneck scarves official scarf supplier to usl u.s soccer um get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com um, we're also sponsored by Icarus FC. Um, they do custom kits and windbreakers and shorts and jackets and everything else. So um, if you need something custom from them, they're a great resource to kind of reach out. Robbie does a great job um, designing all this stuff and, and doing some cool stuff. Um, I don't I don't know if anybody around here, I, with the other podcasts I work on from Philly, like we kind of have a relationship with Robbie, but um, they uh, he, is, he has been doing a... Um, Bible Times Middle East um, Kingdoms kit collection. Um, so he has like Babylon and Ur and Macedonia and all these stuff that he's designing these kits for. And it's they're fantastic, but they're on sale on his website uh, if you want to go check that out. We're also part of Beautiful Game Network. Uh, we love our network of podcasts, uh, content, pictures, all this kind of stuff that's being released out of bgn so jump on bgn.fm uh if you need us we're at mongols uh kind of wherever you can find us and um yeah we'd love to hear from you and love to know what you're looking for and what you want us to talk about uh in this long off season so if you have an idea or anything else that you want to pitch to us uh we'd love to hear it other than that i think we'll maybe talk to you next week i don't know i don't know what the plan is going forward we're trying to figure that out too as we might not have a season until we might not even have preseason until february so um we're gonna try to figure out what we're gonna do for the next uh you know two months or so um but we'll we'll get you guys some content over the next two months but other than that have a great thanksgiving holiday and weekend please don't go shopping on friday and if you do wear your mask um and other than that stay home enjoy your families have a great week See ya.